Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. This is Matt Klein here. This is Braden Hafner. Pumped to have you with us today. We're going to be asking Braden all about his life, his testimony, how he got free from pornography. So... You ready to jump right in? I absolutely am. All right. All right. So as you listen, we hope that you get a lot of tips and tricks and inspiration and and mostly that you get the hope that you can get free from pornography if that's your struggle. And if you're not, that you can go and help other people because we all know it's an epidemic today. So Braden, what, what, what did it look like in your life? How did it start your journey with pornography? Yeah, you know, my, my journey with it is probably very similar to a lot of people, kind of that pre-teen age where you're just discovering so many different things in life and you're going through so much and so much change and I encountered porn early on I think I was in grade eight later than most but for me it was it was world changing in my life it was just a magazine that a friend brought to school but it awakened a curiosity in my life and Internet wasn't a big thing back then. That that dates me. That shows you how, how old, old I am. Are you? <laughs> Thanks for asking that, by the way. I just turned 38 years old. So across from me here is Matt. He's just a young whippersnapper. What, 31, 32? What are yeah. you? I don't know. Anyways. I'm 32 in a week. Let's move on from age here. <laughs> so it was a time when before internet. So it didn't really entrench itself in my life too much because I didn't have access to pornography. You know, it'd be those you know, Sears catalogs that I got in the mail, you know, those kind of things. And so it was, it was on that level, but into my later teens, when the internet became more of a thing, this just, it just exploded in my life. It became a normal thing, became one of those things that was 
a regular occurrence where you know when when the parents leave the house you go to porn <laughs> and you, you figure out how to get it you're not really sure how but you just type in anything you can to find it yeah when there's a will there's a way yeah and then yeah, learning how to delete the history on your computer and you get really good at that you become a ninja and deception <laughs> and i did my best with that but having that kind of lifestyle really ingrained it deeper into my life it, it really took deep roots and especially when you're in that developmental stage so yeah moving into my my late teens and into my early 20s it became a habit um, an addiction and I wouldn't have described it as that back then yeah I think it was just one of those things that I thought hey everybody does this right like yeah. all my friends do you know my friends are sending me email links to the, the you know the pinup of the day kind yeah, of thing yeah. and so it was just normal part of life you know I played hockey and sports and Every guy would talk about, you know, this great site that's out there and, oh, hey, you can get all this free stuff here. And so it was just a part of life for me. And, and did you feel bad? Like, did you want to quit or you just thought it was kind of normal? I did. You know, it was part of my journey and story is that I fell away from God into my late teens and early 20s. And that's a longer story for another day. But because that was where I was at, I had this misconception about my uh, faith and, and, and following Jesus but I did know it was wrong I just didn't understand what that meant and I did feel guilt I did feel shame but I didn't really understand that either so I lived with this and I I wanted to maybe stop but I didn't really know what that looked like right you know I was just you know I didn't understand it was an addiction first off I thought it was maybe a behavior that I would grow out of right I had that understanding hey when I get married it'll probably just go away yeah because I linked it to sex I thought it was just a sex thing yeah, right I didn't I didn't understand the whole you know spiritual aspect of it I didn't understand the brain aspect and the brain chemistry aspect of it so I was un unaware completely so I just thought that I'll grow it right but I didn't right so then looking back now how how did it impact your life in a negative way well relationally it really impacted my life I had a difficult time with other people and no one would have been able to to see that in my life maybe but I, I wrestled I really did it, it impacted my relationship with God at that point it was as I said I was I wasn't following Christ so my understanding of, of faith was definitely impacted by it my understanding of my interactions with the opposite sex with females you know, I, I viewed them as an object to a certain degree. Right. I viewed them as the key to my happiness as well. Right. You know, if these girls accept me, then that means I'm okay. Right. I'm a good guy. Right. You know, so porn really skewed the way I viewed the world. It skewed the way I viewed, you know, my relationships with friends and family and especially with the opposite sex, as I said. So it was difficult. And the hard part about it was I was completely clueless. Right. I didn't know that this was happening. It was like I was, I was being attacked and beaten down and I wasn't even aware of where it was coming from or, or what this looked like and so I tried to cope the best right. I could so coping for me meant pushing it further underground I, I avoided the topic I avoided discussing this with anybody I avoided the feeling of shame I just I just piled stuff on top of that you know I, I thought that hey if I was good at this or if I acted a certain way then I would feel better about myself but yeah didn't work so the coping aspect didn't work but all I knew was coping yeah uh, all I knew was hiding the addiction yeah and so that's uh, I created these patterns in my life that were, were quite destructive right so yeah these patterns and then you meant you mentioned that you thought when you got married it would be free yeah and so kind of back up a little bit so I did come back to Christ and that's again a story for another time and we'll, we'll get into that we'll share that later for sure but 
as I did that, I, I started to understand more about my identity, more about who God said I was, more about who he was calling me to be as a man. And I saw that I didn't match up to that. There right. was this, this hidden life that I had, and I was, I was quite shamed by it. And not only that, I didn't really even know where to start. And I still had that mindset, though, that marriage would fix it. You know, I'm like, hey, when I'm having regular sex, this will just go away. Yeah. You know, and the wife I'm married to, a beautiful woman, I love her deeply. But I didn't know this then, but she was not the the solution to my problem. Yeah. She never could be. She could never fix me. It's a lot of pressure to put on a woman. A lot of pressure that. to put on her. And, you know, when we were dating, I did make her aware of my battle with this. It was on a surface level for sure. You know, kind of that conversation. Hey, I struggle with porn. Okay, well, what does that mean? What does that entail? She didn't understand either. But when I got married, this addiction, this hidden thing in my life didn't go away. I thought it would, but it didn't. And it actually was kind of worse. you know. Right. And, it, and that, that really bothered me because I felt like I was broken. I felt like everything I knew, or I thought I knew at least, was wrong. you know. And so I had to kind of rediscover what this was, what I was dealing with. It wasn't just a sexual thing where, you know, regular sex would solve the problem. It was so, so much deeper than that. So I had to really learn and understand, kind of go back to basics of my own faith and then start to learn and, and grow in my understanding of what this addiction looked like. Right. So how did that impact your marriage? What did well, that do to your wife? It was difficult. I still had so many areas of hiddenness in my life. And early on in our marriage, it was the first year of our marriage. And for many people, the first year can be trying you're learning each other you're learning how to live with each other and you add this addiction on top of that I wouldn't say that our first year was the most difficult year of our marriage but this was something that was trying for us for sure and Kristen was is if anybody knows her she's someone who doesn't pull punches and she'll ask you directly what's going on she doesn't beat her on the bush so she asked me one night have you looked at porn <laughs> Sure enough, I had. I, I, uh, I couldn't believe she was asking me this question and we were in bed. So this was just out of left field. Normally we just talk about life, our day and, you know, kind of light stuff right before we fall asleep. Women know things. She knows. She had that intuition. I couldn't believe it. She read my mail and I, it was a Holy Spirit moment for sure. Yeah. And I realized in that moment that I could lie to her. I could keep doing that and I probably would escape the situation and she wouldn't think anything of it. But I knew, I don't know, I think it was just God speaking to me in that moment that if I lied to her, it would just create a pattern of lying, lying in my marriage. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to come back from it. So I had to tell her and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, that was one of the hardest nights of our marriage. She was devastated and we didn't talk to each other probably for a whole day. And that's not like us at all. We're always talking and she was just quiet. She was so hurt. And I was hurt and I didn't know what to say to her. Yeah. Like, what do you say to your wife in that moment? Yeah. You have no words and you've just wrecked her world. You've completely shattered any conception or maybe misconception she had of you. And I, I didn't even know where to turn. And a day went by and eventually we were able to talk again. But I realized pretty quickly how devastating porn is in our marriage and what it can do to our marriage if it stays there. So that was the beginning of the end for me as far as porn and wanting to, to or having it as an addiction. Now that's a process for sure that I went through, but I realized this can't stay this way. Yeah. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. 
And so that um, moment was really hard where you had to confess, but looking back, obviously it was yeah. the right decision. And it was a process still. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to say that that decision I made in that moment from there on out, everything was rosy. It yeah. wasn't, you know, I had other moments of confession to her and it was difficult. And I still didn't understand all these different aspects of what I need to share with her, who I need to talk to about this. What's the process I need to go through? How do I get healing? And but it was it was a, a pivotal point for me because I realized that even though it's painful, you have to be honest. Yeah. And if you're not, you can hide. And, and life might look good on the outside, but eventually it'll just spill out over the edges yeah. and everything will come crashing down. So I'm really thankful that God showed me that lesson then. And it really, it actually strengthened our marriage in the sense of, of creating trust. Yeah. And for her, she knew that she could ask me and I was going to tell her even though it was going to be really painful. Yeah, it's incredible because a lot of us want to give in to fear, right? And we want to mm. protect ourselves. I mean, that's the nature of mankind. We want to protect ourselves from looking bad. But you were, you were willing to expose yourself. And obviously that had long-term benefits. Whereas right. if you just got through that moment and protected yourself, it would have been okay. You would have felt okay maybe with your wife, but you would have been kind of tormented inside, eh? That's right. It would have eaten me up and... I wouldn't have been free to experience that that joy that that I have now. It's uh, it's one of those things that if you have any kind of hiddenness in your life, especially in marriage, if you're hiding something from your spouse, you're not fully there with them. Yeah, like you're not present. You're looking over your shoulder at all the times, and what would that do for your intimacy? And it's not good. It it creates this wedge between you, and even if you don't have the ability to express what that wedge is or know fully what that wedge is, it's there. And these walls are up and it just feels cold and you don't know why you're not you're going deeper in your intimacy. Right. And intimacy is so much more than just what happens in the bedroom. It's the way that you express things to each other and talk to each other. And as men, I know that's tough. You know, sometimes it's hard to express what we're feeling and our emotions, but our wives need that from us. Yeah. That's a need for them. And if I was to hide this this battle that I'm going through for, uh, from her, she would never feel like she's a part of my life. She would never feel like she could maybe trust me. Or, um, and even though it was really tough, I'm thankful that she was aware of what was going on. And she actually was part of the process of healing for me. Right. And it was difficult, but it, it, she needed to be aware of the journey that I was on. Right, yeah. So you mentioned a few times about a process. What was involved in the process of getting free? Right. Well, there was a lot of hit and misses. And what I, when I say that, it, it usually had to do with accountability. I learned that pretty early on that accountability was this thing I needed. And I've heard that word before. I was, you know, it was one of those things that I had a general understanding of to a degree. But I learned pretty quickly that I had no clue. I had no clue. I would form accountability partnerships with, you know, friends who are also struggling in an addiction. We'd call them up after you watch porn, confess, and that's about it. Uh, exactly. That's pretty much all that it went. And it was one of those things, hey, buddy, I'll pray for you. Okay, I'll pray for you too. And then maybe and, you would. And then maybe I would. You know, I probably wouldn't, but maybe I would. Maybe he'd pray for me too. But like, what was that, right? Like, I wasn't experiencing any freedom with that kind of relationship. Yeah. And, I realized that I wasn't going to work. So I had to learn what does accountability mean? And God, what are you, what are you calling me to? What, what does this look like to, to really have accountability? And, you know, as I prayed through that and God kind of revealed more and more as I read more, as I learned more, that accountability really is about having 
someone walk with you and journey with you to build a, a greater understanding, but not only that, to pa- map out kind of a path towards health. Right. They're not the ones that are going to get you there on their own, but they're a partner in the process. And if you don't do it with somebody else, you're spinning your wheels. This has to be done in community. Uh, there's a great line. I, I, I can't remember who said it, but... You know, we get we get wounded in he- community, and we need to be healed in community, and that's so true with my process and journey towards healing. I needed a community around me, of, of guys that could walk with me, and I also learned pretty pretty early as well that it has to be someone that is invested, but not invested to the point where they're devastated by the right. news. You know, because it's a process of they say two to five year journey of healing, and when you, you have that setback where you look at porn, for instance, you know, if I told my wife she was my accountability partner in the day in and day out of that, she's devastated and she can't help me. Yeah. She can't map out a plan for me because yeah. she's just too hurt. Yeah. So I learned that the hard way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kristen wanted to be that for me, but she learned pretty quick too that this wasn't going to work. She had to be aware that I was getting help and understand what the, the steps I'm taking and she had to be okay with it. But she can't be that day in and day out. And I learned that pretty quick. And that was trial and error. And I'm thankful that I learned that lesson too. And that was one of the, the key pivotal points for us. And it also helped me have better accountability in my life too. She couldn't help me. But then these other people that are, were coming into my life and we would journey in this together. But they understood and I understood what the process was. I was getting help. Right. I was moving towards healing. And that was, a, that was way better than... The, the way that I was trying in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and there's a lot of research actually that's shown that every time we confess to our wife or every time she finds out that we were watching porn, there's elements of PTSD that occur in her, yeah. in her mind, in her brain. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. So they're really traumatized when, when they find out that we're doing this. And when we tell them over and over and over again, it's really damaging for her, for her health, for, her, for your relationship. That's and true. so... We're going to talk more about accountability in the future. I know you got a lot of wisdom from your experience in that, but but that's one of the key things that some people miss is even I've heard of having your mom be your accountability partner. Yeah, and that's you, right. you just can't do that because those people, like you're saying, they're emotionally invested in you, and they're going to go up and down emotionally depending on how you're doing. That's right. Rather than just kind of staying the course and in, in helping you get free. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's really important to know who you need to talk to about this. And often, you know, when you, when you share your journey and you're needing help, sometimes you go to people that don't really know what to do and help you and how to help you. So it's learning kind of what this looks like is an important step for sure. Cause some, maybe some people in your community don't, you know, around you that don't really understand this either. So you kind of have to educate yourself a little bit and, and what accountability looks like and who you need to talk to, to, to get freedom. So yeah. it's just, it's just something you got to be proactive in. Yeah, awesome. So we, we will talk a lot about accountability in the coming weeks here, and there'll be multiple episodes on on that. So stay tuned and make sure you subscribe. So Brad, you're the Regional Director of Alberta for Family Life Canada. What's Family Life Canada? Family Life Canada is a, is a marriage ministry underneath the umbrella of Power to Change Ministries. And it's marriage-based ministry we run weekend getaways and retreats and um, workshops and seminars for couples really looking to enrich and strengthen their marriage and it's really uh, something that I'm passionate about my wife is passionate about and there's so many different reasons for that from her story but I'm so thankful that it's 
a ministry we're involved in and it it's it really touches these areas specifically that I dealt with too like with pornography and addiction because that's part of so many marriages now and it's something that's just wreaking havoc on the home and part of what we're trying to do is is strengthen marriage and so this is something that I'm passionate about is just to share my story and and how God worked on that so that marriages can be porn free and it is possible and there is hope if you're listening out there and this is in your marriage, there is hope. God can work in your marriage and bring back something that you thought was left for dead. Um, there's hope. And uh, he brings miracles and, and, and life-giving aspects to our marriage that go far above and beyond the despair we might feel. And so just have that hope. He did it in my marriage. So I'm so thankful to be able to share that story and give you that hope. I hope that it leads us, those people listening out there, to a next step in that regard. But yeah, I'm thankful for Family Life and the ministry that we're involved in. And check it out. It's a great ministry and something that you can definitely plug into. Yeah, what's the website? FamilyLifeCanada.com. So you can see all the different things and events that are happening throughout Canada and in your area. So check it out. And this is something that often couples don't don't really reach out in regards to uh, strengthening their marriage because... It's, we just think a good marriage happens, but it doesn't. You got to make the choice. You got to really pour in and push in so that you do have that good marriage. So I encourage you, check the website out, see if there's anything out there that you can attend or, or um, even do in your own church or whatever else. So contact us. Love to be in touch with you. Yeah. And Louise and I have been to the weekend getaway too, and we've been impacted by family life. I mean, we looked at Brad and Kristen and thought if we could have a marriage like that, then oh, it's worth going to the event. So that's too kind. <laughs> but yeah. the, uh, the Brad and Kristen do have a great marriage and, and the events are really good. So, so I encourage if you're listening for you to go as well, if you have a good marriage or struggling marriage, it doesn't really matter. You can always be better. One thing I was thinking too, as you were sharing about that moment where you had to confess to Kristen is, I don't know how, how long you're watching pornography for, but say, I mean, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, some people struggle for 50 years. There's guys that struggle from, you know, when they're 15 all the way to their 65 years old and they're, they're married for 30 years, 40 years, and they're struggling with porn the whole time and they're beating themselves up. Like I must be, you know, worse than these other guys, these young guys that got free. But all it is is those moments where you can confess, you don't give in to fear, you do the right thing like right. you did. Right. And then following that, you go through the process and you do, you get accountability, the proper accountability. And you look at, in the Bible for what are the tools, how do I need to live? And you, you just do what the Lord is prompting you to do. The Holy Spirit's right. prompting you to do what the Bible says to do. And it's like if you run against a, a, a wall and you just can't break through the wall and you just keep running against the wall and you just turn around and there's a door there you can just walk out of the room but you need to do something different than you've always done right, right right and so people struggle for a long time it doesn't mean that they're worse than anybody else That's it right. just maybe means you got to do what you did and just have a moment of confession and go through this process that you've never been through before That's so right. i thought that was great you were sharing that yeah i know it's Often we get overwhelmed by the battle before us, but really when you're dealing with an addiction like pornography, there's the battle within the battle, and that's your day in and day out, the choice that you make in the moment. Um, it's too overwhelming to think of 50 years of porn use and to say, hey, what do, where do I even start? What do, how do I even break free from this? It's a habit. It's ingrained so deeply in, in my life. Where do I even begin? 
God doesn't ask us to change the world just that that moment, right? That right. change the channel. Good point. <laughs> it's it's something that we need to be aware of in our day in and day out. It's it's those little choices that we make and they end up being very big, the impact they have on our lives. So in that moment, you know, shut the laptop. In that moment, decide that you're gonna turn out of that empty room where you're tempted. In that moment, you know, you pray. In that moment, you take a step to reach out to somebody to tell them. You know, these are small steps you can take. So even if you've been only looking at porn for three years or if you look at it 50 years, there is always a start point. There's always hope. You're never too late to, to begin the process of healing. And it's it's a journey and for sure it's a battle. But don't don't be overwhelmed by the sheer size of it. Focus on those moments and God is going to be with you. The Holy Spirit walks with you in that journey and there is hope and he wants you to be free. So Take that with you. Know that uh, no matter how long or how entrenched this might feel for you or how entrenched it is, you know, you can move to victory and freedom and and sobriety as well. Awesome. That's great. And so for you listening, those are some great first steps to take with you. And I hope that encourages you, Brad. And thanks for sharing your story. I think it's going to give hope to a lot of people and great practical tips to a lot of people. And so like you said, you can get free. Keep on listening. We're going to give a lot of teaching in the coming weeks on how exactly to do that. And so make sure you hit subscribe, share with your friends, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.